Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the JWB Dynasty Digest, where we give you consumable dynasty perspective. He's Skyler. I'm Wyatt. Today, we're talking about some free agent wide receivers, and to help us do it is a good friend of ours. You can find on Twitter at Coupe Fiasco. He's the lead NFL analyst for Fantasy Alarm, and you can find him on the Better Network Morning Show. That's Andrew Cooper. But before we talk to him, let's roll that intro. He has the hearts of a lot of fantasy players. I like it a lot, honestly. I like I'm I'm in for death taxes and the 2022 wide receiver class. I like what you were saying, Skylar. No, no player is completely untouchable. I think you guys really. I had not. I have not really heard this yet. I listen to a lot of pods, and I have not heard this yet. Well done, gentlemen. I'm really impressed. Coop, back on for the second time. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome, man. Anytime you hang out with good buddies, it's good times. Ain't that right, boys? <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to be talking about some free agency wide receivers today. Juju Smith-Schuster, Jacoby Myers, DJ Shark. But before we get there, we always want to have some fun with our guest. Are you ready for your question? A little nervous, but I'm ready. Okay. So, as a man in Patriots country, if you could go back in time to any moment in Patriots history and watch it in person, what would you do? What would you pick? Ooh. Back in time, watch it in person. I think uh, I think the one I have to pick, especially because of uh, how old I was at the time and how much it meant to me. Because like you know, as you get older, the you know you still appreciate sports, but not the way you did when you were a kid. And it was just magical, yeah. right? Like it was everything. If I could go back and watch any moment, it would be Adam Vinatieri kicking that uh, field goal against the. Los Angeles Rams to win that first Super Bowl against the greatest show mm-hmm. on turf. And the thing about that moment that when I go back and watch the videos of it, there's something about that era of actual cameras going off where it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, the I moment. Mean? Like, oh, it's so good. Like the Devin Hester kick return for the Bears in the in the Super Bowl. Like it's so much better when there's the flashes and stuff in the background. Now with the camera phones and stuff, you don't get that anymore. But it's just like it's electric, right? So I would love to go back yeah. and be there for that for that particular one. We're so far out from that first Super Bowl win from for Tom Brady that like I think there's a younger generation now that doesn't even remember how like they were the big underdogs going into that game. It wasn't even <laughs> close, man. It wasn't close. Yeah, they were. Yeah, it's like uh, I think that was one of the biggest ones where they were underdogs up until the Patriots were favored right. over the uh, Giants and the Giants won. So that kind yeah. of took that crown. But yeah, they were they were supposed to get smoked. And the thing yeah. is, you look at those teams, man, those, that Rams team, they, they call it the greatest show on turf. <laughs> it was reason. so like, good. <laughs> Isaac Bruce is like top five all time, you know, receptions, yards. Uh, they also had Tory Holt. They had Ricky Pearl. Yeah. Marshall Falk, Ricky Pearl. Like that's, it was just yeah. dirty, man. It was just dirty. The so defense was really good too. Do you have a moment that you would go back and, uh. Well, well, my favorite team is the Browns, and we haven't really done anything in the playoffs since like the fifties. Uh, so, so. Auto Graham, yeah, basically that that would be it to to go back in time when things were good. Yeah. And then I guess Skyler has got four Super Bowl losses to pick from. Oh yes, yeah. baby, baby Skyler. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. It's a t- it's tough. It's tough to say. Although you could go back. Oh yeah, actually, geez. There's some the bills are on the wrong end of some bad ones. Give me 13 seconds back, you know. Yeah, the <laughs> miracle, right? Like, oh yeah. no, I'm talking 13 seconds, uh, and uh, you know, against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, that's right. Just yeah. just a year ago. So I they mean, have so many tough losses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like can't even pick one. 
Well, why don't we move in to talking about these wide receivers? But before we do, real quick, I just want to say anybody out there listening, watching, if you're not subscribed yet, please do so. Helps us continue to grow. You'll get all of our content. We got plenty of content coming out all week, every week. But talking about some wide receivers, our first one, Juju Smith Schuster. Dynasty League football, February startup ADP was wide receiver 46. They just updated for February. It's got the rookies in, and Juju dropped a good bit to my surprise how much he dropped. Uh, we'll turn 27 during the season. He averaged 9.1 half PPR points per game in 2022, which was wide receiver 37. This is a guy who, after his second year in the league, was a top five dynasty wide receiver. This guy was super high, hopes were high, and then injuries have kind of just tore his career down since then. Um, he's been playing on these kind of like make it or break it contracts the last couple of years. Um, I don't think he's going to stay in Kansas City with them drafting Sky Moore, trading for Kadarius Tony. I don't think they really need a sort of possession yards after catch receiver like him anymore. Coop, what do you think is going to happen with Juju? Are we interested in him at all? So, I mean, as you said, this happens every year. The the When the prospects and rookies get added, the free agent guys drop, right? Because it's like that rookie fever. The unknown, the mystery box versus the known box. And I know you two boys are no strangers from catching the rookie fever. Right, you guys, you're deep in there, are you not? You, you guys, you boys are in there. Uh, so, I mean, uh, what I do this uh, every off season is I go through and I hit every single team. I write articles breaking down the contracts, the depth charts. It's all on FantasyAlarm.com. We're more than halfway through the teams. It's good stuff. Yeah, free agency hits March 13th. That's the legal tampering period, so we're coming up soon on it. And what I like to do with the wide receivers, and I do this for my rookie drafts too. It's a little harder with rookies because you know you don't know what they're going to end up doing. But I break them down into the three roles and how many of those roles they can do. Basically, you have split end, which tethers their foot to the line. You have the flanker, which lines up outside of the tight end off the line. And then you have the slot, which is in between. So I look at these guys and I say, what can these guys do? Can they do everything, which the best guys can? Stephon Diggs can line up anywhere. He can do anything. He can beat the jam. He can do any of that stuff. Some of these guys can't necessarily do everything. So I look at Juju. He's a guy that I think he can play flanker. He played flanker off of San Antonio Brown. He can play in the slot, but he's really not big and physical enough to play split end, right? So when I'm going through these teams, I'm looking at it, I'm saying, okay, like he's not going to go and be the big dog somewhere, but he can play outside opposite of a big player. So I'm looking at teams that are win now and they ha already have a split end, right? So, I mean, you could pick any team in the AFC South, right? As an option as, as Lenny's thought, right? Like the, the Titans have Traylon Burks and nothing. The Colts have Michael Pittman and nothing. The Texans, there's word Brandon Cooks could be gone. So they might need someone opposite Nico Collins. That's where I'm looking. I'm looking for a team. I mean, even the Bills, you can put them opposite of, um, Stephon Diggs. So that's where I'm looking. I'm looking for a team that, that needs a solid number two, but you don't want to rely on this guy to have to, you know, put his foot down on the line and fist fight James Bradbury because that's a nightmare situation for a guy like Juju. Uh, how are you guys feeling? Do you guys have a spot that a preferred spot that you like to see him go? I mean, the Bills are one, I think, that make a lot of sense for both him and Jacoby Myers that we'll be talking about after this. Uh, Skyler, what do you think? Yeah. Um, with Juju, I just really want to see Juju go to a, another high-powered kind of offense. Otherwise, I have if he ends up in like a New England 
kind of thing like it's just it's going to be a very brutal landing spot right but i do want to say that wide receiver 46 kind of feels like a good entry point regardless i don't think juju's a player that i'm going to go out and like be hyper focused into target but if a manager does catch that rookie fever is kind of pushing to the wayside uh, we just had our live stream which is going to be every single monday we were talking players like juju smith schuster which you get to rounds like 11 in the startup where does he fit into a team and when you're looking at a guy who could be you know the wide receiver four for your team and you're getting him as wide receiver five six on your team he's just filling a flex box at some point you're gonna have to set a lineup i know everyone loves young players you want to grab this year's you know david bell go crazy um but you know with a player like juju in most spots he at least has the potential to make a roster to make your starting lineup i'm saying which has some purpose to it and you know if he's being left out for you know a late second or that type of a price point, uh, I think he's a fine player to add into a trade if it makes sense. So um, where he might not be someone I'm targeting, I do say where he plays a role for your dynasty team. Uh, I will say I would I would probably just prefer he stay in Kansas City. I think, you know, bouncing off of Travis Kelsey, you know, kind of playing second in inside as well, being able to move all around where they have speed guys all over the field. I do think it was a nice spot. He had weeks where he seemed like he was getting much more involved, was much more of a safety blanket type receiver for them. Um, he seemed like he was coming on week 14, 15, Denver, Houston, where two real highlights on the stretch that helped managers who put him in their lineup. I just, I just wouldn't be going too aggressive because a spot like new England would be pretty crushing. They'll have him, they'll have him in their blocking. he'll be playing as their seventh tight end. I don't, I just don't want to see that. And, and that's the real problem is that I look at it and I say, okay, where would he be a good fit? Like what team could we use him in real life? And I just rattled off a bunch of them. A bunch of those teams would be bad for fantasy football, right? Like we don't want him to go to the Titans and be the second pass catcher in a low volume offense. We don't want him to go to the Ravens. Like you said, the Patriots play opposite of Devonte Parker. Like we don't, we don't want to see that. We want to see him go to the bills or the chiefs and be the flanker in a high volume passing attack i mean he fits in all those spots but only some of them increases value yeah i think it would be a surprise if he went somewhere where he wouldn't be able to be part of like a more high power type of offense like i don't like i don't think juju is going to want to actually sign somewhere like that unless he's having trouble actually getting money anywhere then maybe i think that's well that's the thing is he just took one year yeah. what was it under four million like you look at a guy like evan engel got nine million dj chark got 10 he played for like four million he won his super bowl now i think he's gonna cash it i think if i'm him yeah i got, that's true. got my got my ring i'm going to wherever is paying me the big box so i mean heck if i can go and hang out and uh you know with, with the titans and watch derrick henry for a year or, or wherever maybe maybe the way to go yeah well why don't we move on to our next wide receiver jacoby myers dynasty league football February startup AP was wide receiver 47 right behind Juju Smith-Schuster also turning 27 during the season average 10 and a half half PPR points per game in 2022 which was wide receiver 27 and this is someone who has been able to earn targets throughout his career the production hasn't always been sexy but he has had at least a 22% target share each of the last three seasons in that Patriots offense Skyler Jacoby Myers I think he's one of the wide receivers in the free agency this year who actually is going to get a substantial contract similar to the way that Christian Kirk, you know, surprised people with his contract last year. Is, is there any excitement for Myers going into this? I think it all depends where this guy lands as well. I'll go back and recycle a lot of what we said with Juju Smith-Schuster at wide receiver 47. 
he's probably going to perform above that. And at the end of the day, you need players who you're going to actually put into your fantasy lineup. So if Jacoby Myers is a player that, you know, is acquirable for a late second or at this cost, and you're getting before the inevitable buzz, no matter where he goes, good landing spread or not, I almost feel like there's almost an initial little bump one way or the other, but it will, it'll rise back up if it is down. And with Jacoby Myers, I mean, any team that signs him will have a plan to use him. I think that is one thing that you can probably bank on. My only concern with his landing spot is I feel like every team that could use him is pretty run dominant. And he's a player who relies a lot on volume, you know, coming out of the slot. He has been a target. high. we've always kind of kind of great value brand Deontay Johnson, which is funny because some people might've said you need to flip those two names after last season, but with the kind of players he does earn the targets, but it, he needs to be in an offense. that's going to give him, you know, be, be getting the ball out. If he goes back to new England, I mean, you know, the limitations he has in new England, he's a fine player and he can offer you some value, but he's just naturally limited. I don't usually go out and target and dynasty of fantasy football, these limited players, but I do like them on my team. They're one of the ones I prefer them in my lineup rather than going out and where I value the market other spots. What Chicago, Baltimore, Green Bay, Atlanta, Carolina, like all these teams make sense as spots for me personally. They could all use a player like Jacoby Myers, but those are all pretty run dominant teams. It would be very interesting to see if a team like Houston, you know, maybe signs up. They got a ton of money. They sign a player like Jacoby Myers to overpay him away like Jacksonville did. They bring in a young quarterback. I know they have John Mechie. Maybe there's some conflicting things there, but I also don't know if he's going to be what people were expecting at the point when they drafted him to start the season. Brandon cooks could be out of town. So there's a little sleeper landing spot too. Um, you know, that could actually be better than all the other ones I mentioned. You are muted. Who, what do we think? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head where the landing spot is everything. And the real true danger is that the word slot guy gets thrown around a ton. And sometimes we're like, oh, slot guys, we love those guys. Cooper Cup and Chris Godwin and all these guys. And then other times you look at it and you're like, oh, slot guys, that's not good. They're not playing the full snap share. And that's really the differentiator. You need a guy that plays slot in three wide receiver sets. But if it's two wide receiver sets, he's staying on the field. And that's exactly what Jacoby was with the Patriots. He never came off the field. You look at Tyler Boyd. When it was Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green, they Green played split end. and Boyd played flanker. When they brought in another wide receiver, Boyd moved in the slot. He never came out of the game. Chris Godwin does that with Mike Evans, right? He goes in. Uh, same with uh, Cooper Cup. Same with Keenan Allen. Like these guys, they are always on the field. Tyler Boyd now that they have T Higgins and Jamar Chase, he comes out of the game if they go to two wide receiver sets. So you look at some of these landing spots for a possession slot wide receiver like Jacoby Myers, teams that would be willing to pay for the, this guy to do what they want to do. There are some dangerous spots out there, right? Like, Imagine he goes to the 49ers or that use a fullback and they're now they have Ayuk and Debo and they're taking him out of the game for a fullback at times or like the Seahawks. Like there are some horrifying spots out there that are still within the range of outcomes. So we don't want to see that at all. You want to see him go to those teams where he can be the second wide receiver and stay in the game. But I mean, there are some like Jacoby Myers is the kind of guy that is at serious risk of landing in a spot like that. And now all of a sudden, they're like, this guy's perfect for what we like the Vikings, right? Say so he goes to the Vikings, they keep Adam Thielen. This guy's perfect for our three wide receiver sets we want to run. But when we get to the goal line, we're going to leave Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen in. And we're going to take this guy out for CJ Ham or, you know, Johnny Munt, whoever they want to put in the game, right? Like that's a nightmare situation where his ceiling is so thoroughly capped because he doesn't give you yak. He's not fast. He's not big. So you need the targets, just like you said, Skylar. So 
I am super concerned, and those same concerns can be echoed to Juju to a certain degree. I just think that Juju is probably a little bit better athlete than Jacoby is, and nobody can come at me for the Jacoby slander because I am a Patriots fan. I love Jacoby Myers, right? Like I, but I know exactly what he is, right? Like I'm not going to pretend yeah. like he's something he's not. Yeah, I came into this one thinking like this is the player amongst these three that I'm going to be actually interested in. And then I looked at the ADP and I was like, well, okay, well, actually kind of never mind. I don't really want to get in on that because there are those limitations and the landing spot dependency a little bit. I mean, like it's it's a fine cost. He will be a decent producer, I think, wherever he goes, because I think he's going there to be to be one. But, yeah, you know, the, the price point is like just a little bit high for me here. And, you know, I wish I wish. uh Jacoby could have gone a year sooner because that Green Bay spot that I mentioned would have been pretty juicy for me personally. But with this, with, you know, with the uncertainty there, it might not be as great as it was a year ago. Just wanted to get that out there as a little dreamer. <laughs> yeah, especially a guy that like him that can he kind of wins in man to man. That's his thing, right? And and Aaron Rodgers can, can he would have loved him to tear you, tear your pieces, man. Like the timing route guys, like he is a good he like he's a great player like that, and that's why he's like. Those guys in the Patriots system, Welker, Edelman, that can run those arrow routes and and understand when you need to, you know, go one way or the other. Like those guys are killers with yeah. the right quarterback. Some teams though, it's just not a good fit to have that guy. Like they're just not getting enough targets. I mean, you saw it with Scott with Cole Beasley, where there were times where he would get absolutely peppered, and then there were times where he play fifty percent of the snaps, sixty percent of the snaps, and now you're talking a guy that's catching three passes they're all first down they're all important plays and he has three catches for 30 yards and he has a very good game where everyone on the team is happy with him and everyone fantasy football world is like what the heck am i doing starting this guy yeah now a completely different kind of wide receiver compared to juju and jacoby myers our last player dj shark dynasty league football february startup adp wide receiver 80 he'll also just like the rest of them be turning 27 during the season Average 7.6 half PPR points per game in 2022, which was wide receiver 52. But at the end of the season, after dealing with an injury in the middle, he you know, started to actually put some games together that helped us. Uh, he had at least 90 receiving yards and or a touchdown in four of his last seven games this season. Um, and he's someone I, th- I think he will get a decent contract because of what he can provide to a team with his deep speed, being able to stretch defense. That is a, the type of role that gets paid in the NFL because teams need it. We saw it with MVS last year when he got a decent contract. It's like this for MVS. Well, yes, because he serves an important role for offenses, but I'm not sure that that will necessarily translate to fantasy production. Coop, do we have any interest in DJ shark? I'll tell you right now, dude, you picked a land. Like for me, absolute landmine player. If you were looking for hot takes, you picked the right guy. Cause I am a, oh, let's hear it. Shark. Mega, I'm a big fan, man. A big fan of this player. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this guy was the highest paid wide receiver this offseason. Because you look around at guys that can play split end, right? That can line up and beat the jam as the, the biggest guy on the field. Um, it's basically DJ Chark and Alan Lazard. And I don't think, I think teams are going to look at Alan Lazard and be like, is this guy a, pro- a product of Aaron Rodgers or is he actually a good player, right? So DJ Chark, 6'4", with his speed, you know, and I know he had injuries, but this is a guy that could get a Corey Davis type contract where they just look at it and say, hey, you know what? This guy's big enough to block. He's big enough to play every snap on the outside. He's big enough to he's fast enough to beat guys deep. Like this is the kind of guy that we think we can fix. Like he, it's like that, you know, that girl where you're like, 
I can change her, man. I can save her. Right? That's DJ Chark to me. Hey, Coop. Yeah. What if I threw the Chargers out there for you? Something that I have heard no one talking about. I want you to – So I don't mean to cut you (laughs) off. I just want you to continue. I want you to touch on that team. The Chargers, if if the Chargers do what people are hinting that they do, which is cut Keenan Allen and and or Gerald Everett for a – you know, for a – for cap reasons, like any tight end that goes there, any wide receiver that goes there to be the second target after Mike Williams – could be an absolute game changer just because we we know that Joe Lombardi was a guy that wanted to uh throw the short passes right show like kept the uh the a dot for Justin Herbert super low I mean he was a guy with the Alvin Kamara offenses he was a guy that threw the ball to like you know uh Reggie Bush and George Bell like 175 zillion times with the Lions like he's gone now so I think they're going to be able to actually fire the ball around the thing is Mike Williams kind of does the same thing as DJ Chark. Having those two guys on the outside would be a nightmare situation for for other teams, right? Because you you might have one guy that can cover a fast six three six four guy, but do you have two? Nobody does, right? I guess the Eagles kind of did this year, but that's it. So I don't know. For me, I look at Chark and I'm like, okay, what team has the the speedy guy, right? What team has the flanker and can use that other guy opposite him to really unlock him? Like I look at the I mean, the Lions are kind of a, already a good team for it, right? But, like, what about put them opposite Chris Olave? And now Olave's free to, you know, that, that was kind of what unlocked Garrett Wilson is that you have Corey Davis is this big punching bag, and now he can take a step off the line, go in motion, run all over. Look at Jamar Chase uh, with T. Higgins on the other side. T. Higgins is the one that has to play split end and tether his foot to the line opposite Hayden Hurst, let Jamar Chase do everything fun. Right, like Adam Thielen's been doing that, so that Justin Jefferson can can do those things. Like, if I have a guy that I think is insanely talented, I want my team to sign DJ Chark to be that guy on the other side. At the same time, though, I think if with Chark, if he can get that role in the right place, the Bears, for instance, if they really decide they don't like Chase Claypool, I although I like Claypool, why I don't know. We have to get into that today. But, <laughs> uh, I mean, there, there's so many spots, like the Chiefs, for instance, another one. Like, that's the type of guy where he could play every snap on certain teams, 97% of the snaps. So uh, I'm interested. I'm interested. Again, he could just be a guy that's a punching bag or a deep threat and doesn't really actually put up the numbers, but I think he could play a, a 90% snap share on a lot of these teams. Yeah, he he's kind of similar to Juju in the way that they had the really good second years in their career and then injuries started to slow them down. But DJ Shark still has his athleticism. He can still do something on the field that not as many people can do compared to Juju. Um, depending on landing spot, like he is somebody who could be really interesting, like you were saying. Um, Skylar, do you like the entry point here? For Shark. Oh, a- absolutely. I was hoping Coop would disagree with me so we could fight a little bit because Shark, <laughs> I was saying this laughs off season. Like last off season, Shark was a player where I'm like, he's just being absolutely forgotten. I mean, you're you're getting him for a mid third. I, I just love that because you say he's a landmine, yes, but it seems like every other week he's going for 20 or two, and that 20 in my three wide receiver, two flex lineups is great. I really do like it. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of these Chris Godwin type players higher up in my lineup, or maybe what we're hoping a guy like Traylon Burks can be where they give me that floor. You know, I, I love collecting those guys, the Michael Pittman Godwins in my lineup. So I need the DJ Charks as my final flex to come in and give me those spike weeks. And there's going to be a lot of bidders. And you're just hoping, again, this is a high 
high a flying team here. I mean, you mentioned Minnesota. You mentioned we mentioned the Chargers would be fantastic. I mean, going back to Detroit makes a ton of sense. Where think what you want of Jamison Williams, but I think you know Chark would kind of stick his same role. And every other week he was doing damage. Well, I mean, they at that point they they traded away their tight end, right? Like right now they have nobody on the roster, so they were at a minimum rolling three wide receiver sets, right? Eleven personnel. You can't like what are they going to come out and roll? Brock Wright and a rookie and two tight end sets like it, it doesn't make sense really. So if you have Chark at split end, JMO at flanker, and ARSB at slot, and just run them every single snap, which is what the you know number of teams have done, like the Rams for years now, every ninety percent of the snaps through wide receivers, like that's a great fit. I could and I can give you a landing spot right now that would give people absolute nightmares. Like what would that the be? Fans of this team, imagine if the New York Giants. After signing Kenny Galladay to a massive deal on borderline just speculation, come out and they sign another big, questionable Lions free agent wide receiver to another massive contract, and the Giants come out and sign DJ Chark. Giants fans, I feel that makes a lot of sense. I would love it. I love it as a DJ Chark fan, but as an outsider looking in, people like not everybody like you and I, Skylar, have done the the deep dive on on the upside of DJ Chark. They might be like, oh, my God, here we go again, right? Right. Kenny Galladay. Yeah, well, you you don't need him to be an absolute world beater. Like, honestly, the fact that Kenny Galladay was incapable of doing what Isaiah Hodgins came off the, you know, off the practice squad in Buffalo (laughs) to do in that team, he was a wide receiver one for the fantasy football playoffs, and so was Richie James. If that doesn't give you excitement, if if DJ Chark goes to the Giants and Wondell Robinson is back early season, there's, there's no way you're telling me those two players don't have a little bit of a you know, upside play here when you saw what Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James well, did at the end of the year. He's just what, like upgraded uh, Darius Slayton for them, right? Sure. Well, absolutely. As a, as a neutral observer, I love it. As a Giants fan, though, I'm clutching my chest. I'm like, what are we doing? Sure. I mean, this is a guy who might be out there for five games. That's why I did like it to the charge. It's like, hey, let's just hope either Mike Williams or DJ Chark is healthy. If they're both healthy, we're an absolute freaking nightmare. You know, let's say they do use a high draft pick. They get like Jackson Smith and Jigbo or they just keep Keenan Allen or they even, you know, sign a guy who can play there in the in the slot. And then they have Mike Williams on one side, DJ Chark on the other side. They missed a lot when Guyton was out last year. They missed a lot and they didn't have anyone who played that role when Mike Williams was either out or alongside Mike Williams on the opposite side when he was healthy. So I think that would be a really, really interesting spot. Uh, one last little spot I'll throw out there is maybe like a Dallas. I don't know what their money situation is like, but when you have Michael Gallup didn't look quite like himself, maybe he comes back. He can play a little all over, like you said, but if you have him and CD sliding through the slot, one on the outside and you have DJ Chark as the third wide receiver on the other side, I think that could be a really fun spot, especially with how much they've historically thrown the ball. Dak Prescott, who is you know a relatively speaking accurate quarterback, uh, I think I think that would get people excited. As as my CD Lamb, my CD Lamb shares, that's exactly what you want. Is you want that dude where now CD Lamb doesn't have to do the dirty work. Now he doesn't have to line up and fist and, and fight Marshawn Lattimore and like be the guy on the outside. Now you have that guy that can do that. And then you can move, put him wherever you want. Like you said, pop him in the slot, do whatever. So I'm on board with it. And people talk about how this free agency class is weak, but you look around the league for the first time in a long, like teams do prioritize that split end. And there's so many teams that have it already. Like that's why I got like DJ Chark. He's either going to get paid big or he's going to struggle to find a job because it's like, you look at, um, you know, look, look at the AFC North T Higgins, Big boy, Rashad Bateman, 
They they just drafted George Pickens for the Steelers. The Browns have Amari Cooper. That that like that division, they don't need that player. And there's a number of divisions that just they already have the split ends lined up, you know. So there's only certain spots where a guy like that fits, but a team might be willing to pay that guy the big bucks to, to do what is a, a dirty work job. Yeah, I guess the main thing I like to do with these wide receivers that are free agents is just look at the range of outcomes here, right? Where would they be valued if they were absolutely buried? Um, you know, and if their point of entry cost is anywhere, if it's it's just that significant, if we're talking a player, you know, is being bought at wide receiver 35, and if he found a landing spot, he would just be absolutely toast, you know, wide receiver 60 plus, it's probably a play I'm completely avoiding, right? With with the first two guys we mentioned kind of as like wide receiver 45 ish, you know, I think there's room either way where you, I don't think you'll pick up a huge amount of value on a Juju or Myers. Like the highest I think these guys can go is like 36 in market. And the lowest they'll probably go is like 50 to 60. So 45 seems like a pretty appropriate speculative entry point, but with DJ shark wide receiver 80, I mean, it is an absolute toss and this is nothing. This is a flyer. Like if he lands at a spot's nice, he could jump up to wide receiver 40 to 45 where the other two guys are at, which might field you a, a late second if you did want to f- just flip it. Or it gives you a guy who's in your lineup every single week, gives you that flex upside, and you immediately just jump from wide receiver 80 to wide receiver 40. And if he busts at wide receiver 80, who freaking cares? Why, you know, the third round rookie picks that you have, the early force, whatever, these players bust. 75% of the time. So really I'll take DJ Chark over just about any flyer in that range. This is, this is easily my favorite of these three. Exactly. And you look at and really this discussion gets me to the point where I, I'm not going to take Jacoby Myers or Juju in that wide receiver 30 range where we're talking wide receiver three range, because we talked about this, how many situations they could land in where they would be the Tyler Boyd on the team where you sit there at the goal line and you say, Hey, you know what, Jacoby, we're going to leave the big boys out there. Like we got, we're going jumbo set right now, and it's going to be two tight ends, two wide receivers, and a fullback. And Jacoby's not part of the jumbo set. That's why I'm not going to wide receiver thirty or anywhere in that range. So it's keeping me out of there. Just the possibility that that can happen makes me not interested. Where at least with DJ Chark, if you're going, hey, it's goal line, you're not you're not turning to a six four wide receiver and saying, hey, you know what, we don't need you for this set. Right? Like there's not many situations. I guess if he landed on like the Dolphins then they would be like, hey, you know what? Like, why don't you sit this one out? But I don't I don't foresee him going somewhere like that. So for me, I think wherever he's going, he's going to be part of the plan. Yeah, and well, I will say to a little preface a little bit, if a lot of you guys listening, if you aren't in leagues that play like three wide receivers and two flexes, you know, as deep as we are talking, if you are in a league that's just like two wide receivers and a flex or just three wide receivers, I'm still taking DJ Shark as my favorite, but I do want to roll back our little Juju and Myers level. I'm probably not pursuing these two players at all if you are that shallow just because of the upside we are talking about. The problem with Tyler Boyd that I've always had since C. Higgins was drafted is I'm like, when do I put this guy in my lineup? Like, unless if there's a clear injury, you know, to T or Jamar, when am I putting him in my lineup? I'm not doing it with confidence. If assuming we're not playing best ball, it's just it's hard to predict when the touchdown game is going to come for Tyler Boyd. Um, and you know, maybe you pick a game that has a high over under and you, you, you slide them in there, but you are, you could very easily come out with a four point game and it really stings. So those two players, I value much, much less if we have shadow lineups. I do want to say that I would prefer just the chance at a 25 point game from DJ Chark over, you know, the five point floor of the other players every single day of the week. Or I would just rather have the late second or early third pickup 
pick up a potential high potential tight end or a backup quarterback that could actually crack a, a you know your lineup in those thinner formats exactly and dynasty is top heavy too like the good teams aren't starting guys like that anyway so you know it's you gotta know your format well that's gonna wrap things up for us you can find skylar on twitter at bff buffalo you can find me at yp underscore ff coop thank you very much for joining us you can find coop on twitter at coop a fiasco coop is there anything you'd like to plug before you get out of here I mean, dude, it's crazy. Time flies hanging out with you boys, man. It's like, I feel like we could do a couple more hours quick. What do you say? <laughs> we always could. But that's what the, that's what the expo is going to be for. We're going to be talking fantasy football the whole weekend. And, and the group chat anyway. I'll talk to you boys yeah. shortly anyway. So, yeah, get me yeah. back in. Uh, anybody looking for my written content right now, that's all on fantasyalarm.com. You type in fantasy alarm, Andrew Cooper, or just go to my Twitter. It's all linked there. Got a big off-season series. If you go through these articles, my, you get my take on every single player. I'm talking every player that's in the league, honestly, because I'm doing everybody that's on the rosters in each of the articles, and then I'm doing a free agent article at the end. So you can literally get my take on every player. And then if you want to hear me chirp about football, there's two places every single morning on the Better Sports Network, 7 to 10 a.m. with the boys. There's a little more nonsense on that show, but we have a good time. Uh, and then I do the Fantasy Alarm Quick Out podcast once a week. We're coming back this week. That's on Fantasy Alarm with John and Pemba. And that one is just bing, bang, boom, in, out, just hardcore football. So if that's what you like, if you like a little more fun, this show kind of right in the middle in terms of info and fun, I'd say. If you like a little more nonsense, go to my the morning show. If you want just straight football facts, no nonsense, Fantasy Alarm, quick out podcast. So thanks for having me on, boys. I really appreciate it. There we go. I do want to say if you are looking for, um, you know, potential buy low target type stuff go through coops team breakdowns at this point of the year just understanding where teams are going to make moves where their weaknesses are where these potential landing spots could go okay so we we talk about a tight end that could go somewhere well you know to go to a new spot it leaves an opening for someone else as well so it does get the ball rolling when you're targeting teams maybe lesser players and you're buying low on a couple guys that could be tremendous values um i will say please comment in our discord, which is in the description Mondays. We have mock Monday live stream every single week now through at least may Sundays with Wyatt. we've got underdog basketball drafts live stream every single week, at least through may we've got this show comes out every single Tuesday. We've got every single Thursday. Now we got coming out. We got Tim and Jake popping on where they're going to go through and pick their favorite players off, you know, KTC and why it's garbage. And they're going to let you know, what where they value the player that's going to be every thursday and the way every single saturday we got the best guests in the house coming through giving us all things rookie with tyler on saturdays so we're absolutely loaded we got that's like five shows a week minimum for you guys a couple bonus ones we're wrapping up our positional player tiers as well the last wide receiver ones come out very soon with nate back on the channel so just want to get that in anyone is sticking through your real one um until next time